This is episode 64 of the Kindred Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Sue Allen. Hey friends, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Kindred Mom Podcast. Today we're talking about the surprises of motherhood as part of the October series over on kindredmom.com. I hope that you'll have a chance to go check out the whole series and all the beautiful stories that are being shared over there by a variety of mama writers who have connected with us and are contributing to our community. And today's conversation, um, I'm just excited to bring it to you because I think motherhood is full of all kinds of surprises. Today we're keeping it a little bit on the lighter hearted side um, and then the next episode that will come out uh, for this podcast will include some of the deeper, harder things that we wade through as moms. Today's guests include my two wonderful friends, Jennifer Van Winkle, who is part of our Kindred Mom team, and Sarah Allard, who used to be part of our Kindred Mom team before she moved on to some other things, but she is still a very treasured part of my life as well as our community. And in the time since we recorded this episode, she has given birth to her third born son and he is just a treasure and a joy. The guest that follows those two is Karen Govro, who is a good friend of mine that I made online through Hope Writers. She is a mama and a wise woman that brings a lot of humor to the stories that she shares. So I hope you enjoy this episode and everything that Karen has to share. Please find all three of them online and connect with them. Thanks for being here and enjoy the show. Today, we're talking about the surprises of motherhood as part of the Celebrating Motherhood series we've been doing on Kindred Mom this fall. And today, I'm really excited to have two people that you will recognize if you've listened to the podcast for any length of time. One is Jenny Van Winkle, who helps with our editing on Kindred Mom, as well as Sarah Allard, who is one of our former team members. Welcome, ladies. Hey, Emily. It's so good to be back. Yes. Thank you for having me back. I'm pumped. Yeah, this is really exciting to have you guys because because uh, this topic, I think, lends itself well to to sharing our stories of motherhood that have brought laughter, things that have surprised us about welcoming our kids into our family and every stage after that. And so I'd love to just start by um, maybe catching up a little bit with where Sarah is at right now, since it's an exciting time of her life, as well as some of our favorite surprises uh, that we have discovered in motherhood. Sarah, would you kick us off? I'd love to. Well, yeah, surprise is perfect because we're having surprise baby number three after a long road of infertility before our first. So uh, my oldest is four and a half, Mm -hmm. little boy. And then my daughter is almost two and a half and we're expecting another little boy any day. I'm due the 18th. So I'm definitely on baby watch and getting really excited. People keep saying, are you ready? I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready, but I'm excited. That's awesome. Well, we're excited for you and just... I am excited to have the two of you specifically on this episode because there have been a lot of seasons of motherhood that you both have traveled with me. And I i mean, I've known Jenny since I was in, I think, sixth grade. <laughs> and yeah. I've known Sarah <laughs> since college. So I feel like you guys have seen really every stage of motherhood that I have experienced uh, as an outsider looking in. And then as you guys have welcomed kids into your family, I've been able to just see you go from being being 
women to being mamas. And so it's really fun to kind of revisit some of the memories that we have from those early stages. And uh, I'd love to know when you think about the surprises of motherhood, do you have a standout memory or story that comes to mind? I always start with, and I'm sure that most, I don't know, I can't say most, but maybe a lot of people can resonate with just finding out that you're pregnant yep. <laughs> is always for me and my experience with, you know, both times I have been pregnant have been big surprises for me. And it's just like, I don't know, it's just something that feels cliche to say, but it really did take me by surprise. And it was one of those things that I don't know how prepared I could have made myself because even though I wanted children very, very much, when it actually started happening, I was like, is this really happening? Like, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> like I've been wanting this for so long and, and now I don't know if I'm ready for well, it. Well, we have so. one funny little story. When you first found out you were pregnant and I had, I think by that time I had four children and yeah. you had come to my house and you were just saying, I'm kind of feeling a little bit nervous that I might be pregnant with twins, which I was like, well, everybody feels that way at the beginning, you know, like what if it's twins? And I was like, you don't need to worry about that. And then just a little while later, you're like, well, actually, <laughs> it was it's twins. twins. <laughs> and that was a very <laughs> surprise moment for me. And I learned to just keep my big mouth shut. <laughs> well, it's just one of those things where it's like everybody, is, you know, it's like kind of the opposite sort of experience whenever someone yeah. is pregnant and then they talk to me I'm like well it could be yeah. twins and I'm like shut up don't say that I don't want to hear you say that because it's like I'm like but it could be so how about you Sarah what, about, what is yeah. a big surprise that you think of when we talk about the surprises of motherhood you know I think for me it's been I mean not a surprise so much I've loved motherhood because I've always mm -hmm. wanted to be a mom but just surprise how hard it can be as well like the the highs and the lows I think it's just there's something about motherhood where you just want to do it so well. Yeah. You just want to give your kids the best and battling my own weaknesses on a daily basis and trying to work through them and work through them with my kids and show myself compassion and them compassion. It just never ceases to amaze me just what a deep work it is. And I think at each age and stage, I just, I have a lot of friends further along like you, Emily, with older yeah. ones, and then a lot in the trenches with little ones and just... Um, I think I underestimated what investment it is. It's just a lifelong yeah. investment and it's so worth it. And I think I can get so caught up in that because I care so much about mm -hmm. really investing in my kids each yeah. day. And that's really good. And it's also really hard. And I think that's why we yeah. need each other. Yeah. Well, I just love how intentional you are with your kids and the desire that you have to just curate a space around them that they are constantly just you're sparking their imagination, you're giving them opportunities to build skills. And so for me, it has been a really beautiful journey watching um, just how both of you really value imagination and sparking a love of learning in your kids with the, the way that you read and um, curate books for them. And so I wonder if there are particular things about just watching your kids learn new skills or learn about new subjects that that you would want to share with our listeners, something that has maybe helped you kind of have that approach? What, what is it that has influenced you to value that so much in your family? When I was a child, 
my mother was very much in support of my imagination. And, off, you know, I was an only child for seven years until my brother came along. And so a lot of my like toddler years and preschool years where when the imagination is really taking off, my mom was very instrumental in my life, um, kind of out of necessity, probably for her own sanity, mm-hmm. because, you know, as a singleton wanting to like in, interact and play, sometimes you only have a parent or a caregiver to mm-hmm. really work with. And so she was very nurturing that way and saying like, here's an idea, this we're gonna, you know, whatever it was, and just sort of making each little mm-hmm. thing into a game and just sort of like handing me the keys and saying, run with yeah. it, you know, like, here's, here's your vehicle now go. And uh, for me, it's just like, that was such a good example. It meant a lot to me growing up to have a parent, a parent really allow me to be who I was and not, not to try to shape me into something else. I mean, I'm sure that there was, there was that kind of yeah. stuff too, like you've got to do the hard work and all that kind of stuff. But I honestly just remember her really just coming alongside me and, and trying to make those activities and those chores into something that was valuable and entertaining for me Mm -hmm. as a child. And so that's really where I come from. My, my parenting is like, I want that to be something that they're invested in because it's fun and because it's, it's meaningful and I don't always succeed at that, (laughs) especially when I feel like I'm at the end of my rope and everything is just like, because I said so. And you know, that, that (laughs) kind of thing. But it's like the, the whole heart of it is like, just, I want you to enjoy and thrive in your imagination and, and just your life as a child, because I think that's just so yeah. beautiful. And I love the whimsy of just allowing a child's imagination to take off and see where it, it takes them. And Oh, it's oftentimes hilarious. And it's like, <laughs> well, that's, that's like the best gift. It's like just to see it's free yeah. entertainment for me too. So <laughs> They're amazing. Well, Jenny, I love that you talked about your mom because um, I definitely had an amazing mom as well, who was really influential, but we are just so different. So it's funny as you're talking, I feel like inspired by my mom. But um, when I reflect on my own motherhood, I definitely recognize that we have different strengths and weaknesses. And uh, like she was ridiculously patient. (laughs) I struggle in that department. And one thing that's been helping me and kind of surprising me. So my son is definitely firstborn, kind of ease into parenthood. And my daughter is such a spitfire. (laughs) And I just have been puzzled by her and how to just like engage her and love her well and embrace her. And um, through that journey, have been really intrigued by Montessori, mm-hmm. which I just never really gave a lot of credit to. Uh, and I taught preschool, but just doing some more learning and just understanding more about how every child has a real need to belong yeah. and how every child has a real need to be part of the family as far as like practical life. And so I've been trying to just see her need, like even today I was at Costco and I was like, okay, you're, we just went for lunch because I'm not pregnant. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> we're just going to go for lunch. No dishes, no shopping. Yes. So I anyway, totally think that's awesome. we, or- <laughs> we order the food and, you know, I give her the ticket. I'm like, you're the ticket holder. And then I tell my son the number and I'm like, and you're the listener. So you listen for our number and just like her little pride with holding that ticket and 
Um, I've just been trying to see little things like letting her clean up her own messes or uh, just things that seem really mundane and everyday, but spark a lot of joy and have surprised me because she's very much an I do it kid. Like that's one of her favorite phases is just, I do it. And it can be so hard and frustrating. But when I have the time and space to be able to try to let her exert that independence, I'm just blown away by what she's capable of if I really sit back and let her do it. And I had to remember early in this pregnancy, if I can just embrace this a little more, it's really going to help when this baby comes to that independence, she's going to be so far ahead. And so that's been a fun journey and also hard and letting go of control and giving the time and the space to let her do it. Sometimes I was going to say like discovering those areas where a child can shine, like trying to get to know them to the point where you know what would be a good thing for them or what would be meaningful to them. It's like, we sometimes think, oh, they're my kid. And I know like all the ins and outs. I know all the cries. I know how to respond to the things that their physical needs, but I don't necessarily know them yet, you know, because their personalities are still developing. And it's a surprise when you do kind of understand, oh, they really are like this, or they really love this. And I just think Mm -hmm. that learning about our children that way is it's a, it's eye opening. Mm-hmm. It never gets old. It makes me think of people talking about marriage where they're like, you have to continue to get to know your spouse because this, you know, the person you married is not the person you're married to today. And I think so often it's that way with children, we can think we've pegged them or we know them, but like we're all mm-hmm. evolving and growing and there is something really fun and beautiful. And it takes a lot of time and intention just right. to watch um, but I agree with you. It is just like, oh my gosh, like we always joke, our daughter was the best speaker for like four months. We thought she was just this little quiet angel. And then it was like, <laughs> ooh, her spunk and her pizzazz and her sense of humor, you know, yeah. <laughs> it takes a while to come out. It just keeps coming yeah. out. Well, and I love what you said a couple minutes ago, Sarah, um, just about not pegging our kids or thinking that we know. Uh, and yes, we know a lot about them and we have the closest observation vantage point of anybody. But even tonight, I was just on a walk with my um, nine year old and he kind of has a reputation in our family for kind of being the one that ducks out when there's work to be done. And, and, you know, we, I mean, it makes me a little bit sad to admit this, but he is the one that, you know, everybody's like, oh, he's the lazy one, you know? And I'm just like, oh, I just don't love that as a descriptor for him, even though it is a little bit true. <laughs> um, but I've been taking mm-hmm. the kids on walks individually just because I'm trying to, you know, be active and spend some time outside. And so I take them one at a time and I took them on this walk tonight. We were just talking about the school year ahead. And, um, and I just was talking to him about how, when you start a new school year, just kind of like other milestones during the year, it's kind of a time to think about having a fresh start. And I say, I really would love for this to be a year that you recognize how capable you are and how much, you bring to our family, how important your role is here. Mm. And and I was like, and I know that everybody has said that you are lazy, but I was like, that's not necessarily true of you unless you choose for it to remain true of you. And if you would just, you know, give what's in front of you a chance and, and do it the best that you can. It's like, that's really all that I want for you this school year is that you would do the best that you can and make friends while you go. And it just, 
I, I loved seeing he just kind of took this deep breath in and puffed his chest out a little bit like, I can do it. And I was like, you can do it, buddy. And you know, just being able to speak into their lives and help guide them towards a different way of seeing things or approaching things, uh, I think is one of the gifts of motherhood that I didn't realize how much influence I would have in that kind of space in a yeah. child's life. Wow, that's that's really powerful. I just think like that has that's got to stay with him for a long time just to to be seen that way and mm-hmm. you know just that I know that that's just got to be really a powerful moment for him. Well, it was it was special and just I don't know, I feel like seeing how impactful ordinary moments are with our kids I think is one of the beautiful parts of motherhood. There's a verse in the Bible. Um, I'm not sure the reference, of course, because I never know the reference offhand. But there's um, when Mary finds out that she's going to give birth to a son. And it, it says it, she treasured these things in her heart. And I think about that verse because there are so many things that I treasure in my heart um, that are either things that I've learned from my kids or observations that I have made while watching them discover a new skill or, um, I don't know, just all kinds of things that I feel like nobody else <laughs> here. I have a slurpy baby over here. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry for that. Um, I just, there are so many things that I treasure in my heart and to feel that connection with that verse, um, is really special to me. Mm, I've always loved that verse too. And I was just thinking, as you're talking, just I'm always surprised how much power we have to speak life to our children mm-hmm. and to really steer the ship in so many ways. You know, it can get off the rails and just like those conversations and it can get easy when things aren't going well to just get negative and like you're not doing this and just that shift of positivity and speaking life and hope, how much it can just shift the whole dynamic. Yeah. I I have just like a random story that's sort of unrelated, but it as you were talking, Emily, just about treasuring the things that your child, your child can bring to you and Mm -hmm. the things that they have learned and just their personality tonight at dinner, we've been in the habit as a family to just, we kind of tell dad jokes because they're funny. (laughs) And, um, and so my kids have really glommed onto those sorts of jokes, but also like the idea of, um, just riddles and that kind of stuff. And so my son tonight, he was like, Hey, so what molecule does Minnie Mouse love to look at? And I was like, what, you know, like (laughs) what molecule does Minnie Mouse love to look at? And his dad is puzzled. His brother's puzzled. And I finally get it. Like after he said it this again, and I was like, Oh, I think I get it. And then I was like, what is it, buddy? And he's like, H2O. And I was like, oh, it does look like Mickey Mouse, you know, like it's, you know, it's like, it looks like Mickey Mouse. But, you know, I was just like, what in the world? And where have you come from that you know, as a first grader that a molecule that looks like Mickey Mouse, you know, but, but he just brought that up. And it just like, (laughs) really surprised me that like, all of this knowledge and interest is synthesizing into this person. And it's just happening before my eyes. And it's, it's truly just a gift to be able to witness that. Yeah, we have a, a really dorky joke that gets thrown around here all the time. And it's usually by my seven-year-old. She will say, she's like, okay, so what does a zero say to the eight? <laughs> does anybody know? 
Nope. Nice belt. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so dorky. I love it. She just giggles her head off when she says it. So it oh, makes me laugh. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. I'm going to have to use that one. Yeah. That is a good one. My son yeah. just asks Alexa for jokes. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what really are funny. we living in? <laughs> It's like his quiet time now is talking to Alexa yeah, for jokes so and finding our facts. Well, I want to ask you before our time runs out, since we have a little bit of time left here, um, is there a discovery that you have made uh, about your child or really even about yourself as a mother when you have hit a certain stage of development with your kids? You know, this is what I'm passionate about. Uh, well, one, we're in the fours right now, and I've been surprised how emotional they are. <laughs> That's been catching me off guard. I just so many big feelings. Yeah. But on that note, I think there like can be different little slogans for each age, you know, like the terrible twos, and um, there's some that aren't even as nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll repeat, especially yeah. the fours. But um, anyways, and it just, you know, I always makes me a little sad the further I go in motherhood because, I mean, gosh, it's, Every year is hard. And I think, especially the little years, like there are a lot of big feelings and emotions. And as moms, we have a lot of big feelings and emotions and you yeah. add in sleep deprivation. Um, but I think it can be really easy to peg just like, oh, this is just this year, like the whole year, it's just going to be a hard, you know, twos or, um, and it just makes me a little sad sometimes when I see moms in the trenches, not feeling like there's hope and, uh, you know, I think just each stage is good and hard. And I try really hard on the, on those days when I am just feeling in the trenches. And I mean, I have those two or just the, the big emotions just to remember what is really good about this stage and what is really sweet and to kind of step back and look at the bigger picture of how things are going. And if there's mm-hmm. anything, you know, my son needs, like maybe I just bristling and it's just been kind of one of those days and he just needs a snuggle because he's just really yeah <laughs> that's his little love language or maybe something just isn't working right like you know something he can't find in his closet and we need to rework some things so it's going to be a system that's going to work I mean just there's not always easy solutions but a lot of times when I step back and just try to get a bigger perspective it helps me not feel that just oh this this stage or it's just going to be yeah. this way and um, I think as mom's it can be really helpful just to encourage one another oh, versus yeah. labeling. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like, I mean, you're, you're describing this in a different way, but I see it as it's kind of dangerous to paint anything with broad strokes. Yeah. And if you're yeah. painting like your view of childhood with this really broad stroke that it's just hard or it's just terrible or it's just, you know, any single word that you put there is probably not going to be entirely true of the whole fabric of that season, um, which is one reason why I really love kind of the mantra that we have had from the beginning at Kindred Mom that we'd celebrate small victories because that might be a sliver in the day and the rest of the day might have been way sideways, (laughs) but there was something beautiful or good or meaningful, um, spending time with our kids or, you know, overcoming certain challenges or obstacles or finding a new hack or solution that's really going to work for a specific kind of thing that we also just take notice of those things. And um, I think that it helps to see all the colors of motherhood um, together in a a more positive light rather than just picking out all the things that are heavy and hard and not so fun because there's plenty of that. But um, to me, it's kind of like I mean, I, I, I love, really love looking up in the trees 
on a sunny day where there's shimmery leaves and there's light and dark and shadows and shimmer. And it's, it's like so beautiful, but without the darker hues, you wouldn't have the contrast and the shimmer that, that makes you really see the picture and the beauty that is there. And that, that to me is kind of how I, I try to process my motherhood journey because there is plenty that is hard. And I think it's really good to share that with people just so that it's not like a whitewashed, totally sanitized version of life that's not even real, but um, to not forget those beautiful things as well. Mm-hmm. I like that. So what is something you've learned about yourself since becoming a mom? Oh, so many things. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. uh, I suppose that the first one that sticks with me the most, like when you're talking about the light and the dark and how we need both of those things, and really that's life, right? That we can't really appreciate the easy things without the hard things. And I suppose for me, it's like, I like thinking about this day was like super hard, for example, and that tomorrow will be a new day. And it's hard sometimes Mm -hmm. to not like say, yeah, but tomorrow is going to be filled with all the same people, you know, and all the same quirks and all the same struggles and all the same, you know, X, Y, Z challenges that we as individuals face. So it's Mm -hmm. hard sometimes to not see tomorrow as just a carbon copy of whatever today was, but it's not, you know, it's like you, you get a, you can't really predict the future, even though you know what some of the ingredients are going to be for that Mm -hmm. coming day. It's like, you can't, you can't still say that that's going to be the same. And I guess what I've been learning for me as a mom is like, well, if all of the ingredients for my following day are technically going to be about the same, like the kids are going to be the same with their same challenges. Mm -hmm. And I want the day to be different Then I have to go into that day being a different ingredient, you know, and Mm -hmm. if you can be the one thing, then maybe like the one thing that is different, me, the mom, then maybe that's a catalyst for change for the rest of the day. So I'm, I'm just learning that I have a lot more power in how the day goes, then I, yeah. then maybe I'm sometimes willing to acknowledge or willing to be responsible for because yeah. it's a lot. And sometimes it's easier to just say, well, my life is hard because of all the things that are wrong that are outside of my control. You know, yeah. but I think that we do set the pace and that we are the metronome and it's yeah. been really, really empowering to think of it that way. Yeah. Mm, I love that. I'm just thinking about, I mean, gosh, I feel like there's so many things I've discovered, but I think one is just to like, not as a cop out to stay in your lane, but just to know yourself and your strengths and your weaknesses. And not that I'm not always trying to grow as a mom. Like for example, I know this school year mornings are going to be tough for me because I struggle with mornings. Yeah. And so, you know, that's an area where I want to grow, but then there's other areas where like, for example, I try to be the fun mom, but I struggle with that at times. So figuring out how I can enlist help or outsource, like for me, for example, if I meet up with a friend at a park, I know I'm going to want to be out there longer because my kids will have a playmate. Mm -hmm. I'll have another mom to talk to. And that's a way that I will stay at the park for hours with my children. (laughs) As opposed to, well, (laughs) you're five minutes (laughs) off. 
<laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm exhausted now. <laughs> yes. Or, um, you know, like imagination. I try my best to get in their world, but it's having a play date with other imaginative kids where they can play dress up and be in different worlds. Yeah. Or, you know, there's just different ways to outsource or, you know, if I'm maybe struggling with like meal planning, trying to talk to another mom where that's their forte and learn from them and just realizing that uh, I don't have to do it all or be it all. And yeah that we each have different strengths. And I think it can be the mom wars or the comparison. We can be really hard on ourselves. And I try to also not shy away from being owning what I'm good at. Like I like organization. My kids know where their shoes are or, you know, like I can own nerdy things like that and, um, and try to encourage other moms with, with my own gifts. Right. And so, yeah, it just never ceases to amaze me that we can't be all things yeah. to our children. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's where we need God's help. And I think we need others help. Yeah. And, always learning. For sure. Yeah. I, I learn a new thing about myself pretty much every day, Mm -hmm. I think as a mom, but I think just seeing how my kids have been a healing catalyst for me, because I think coming into motherhood, um, you know, my life before that, I was just a really serious, very heavy hearted person. I'd been through a lot of things and, you know, I was really trying to experience joy in my life and trying to get out of kind of a chronic depression situation that I was in. Um, but I think my kids continue to teach me and continue to remind me and tether me to this place of recognizing that I do not have to take everything so seriously that I can, Mm. I can take a breath. I can laugh. I can stop what I'm doing and play a board game with my son again, because he really, really badly wants to beat me and he can't yet. (laughs) And I can revel in that little bit. You know, I do value the, the deeper side of me and the fact that I, I have a I spend a lot of time thinking about deep things and I love writing and I love, you know, just I love things that are not necessarily in a kid world, but I love how they draw me out of that as well, because I think it just it gets too heavy and too hard when you camp out there in just the awareness of everything wrong in the world and everything hard in the world when a child is inviting you to twirl and dance or smell the flowers as you're going on a walk. I I just try to take advantage of those moments and respond to their invitations because um, it's good for my soul. As we're talking about, I mean, there's so many curveballs. Motherhood is constantly surprises and so often you don't know what the day is going to bring. And so I would just encourage the moms to think about, is there anything that they can do to set themselves up for the next day Mm -hmm. that they can control? Like whether it's, I mean, one simple routine I started really early in my motherhood that saves my sanity daily is to get the dishes in the dishwasher and start the dishwasher. So when I wake up, there's clean dishes and I empty the dishwasher and just that simple routine sets me up. So I'm not staring at dirty dishes when I wake up or um, I saw somebody like literally filled their kid's water bottle the night before. So they know they'll have water if they're running out the door. I'm like, that's so brilliant. And, you know, the other thing is just knowing yourself. And if it's a hard day, what you need as a mom, like I know for me getting out of the house once a day mm-hmm. really helps my mental health. And so I make a goal to get dressed every morning, actually put a little makeup on so I don't feel frumpy, get out of my pajamas and do something. It could be that I go to get a coffee or walk with a friend or doesn't have to be big, but I would just encourage moms to, you know, evaluate if my cup is filled and I'm a happy mom, then my kids are going to be so much happier. And that's not selfish. And 
uh, it really can, when all the other curveballs come, at least I know I'm not in my pajamas. We're going outside. The other day, I literally plopped the kids and I'm waddling because I'm so pregnant. I'm like, we are just regaining our sanity and walking the block. Yeah. <laughs> and so good. I spy. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, ladies, so much. And Sarah, we're going to be praying for you that this baby comes in such a beautiful and as painless as possible <laughs> uh, manner and um, just excited for you and your family. It's good to talk with you. Thank you, friends. We're going to be talking about the surprises of motherhood this month on Kindred Mom. And today I have a special guest with me, Karen Govro, and we are going to be talking really what we have learned about ourselves in the midst of mothering, as well as some of the surprises that have popped up in our own journeys. Karen, thank you so much for being here. Oh my goodness. It is such a pleasure. I just, uh, I love what you've got going on at Kindred Mom and the fact that you're able to do this while parenting seven children. I'm, uh, yes. I'm just <laughs> amazed. <laughs> oh, thank you. It is such a wonderful thing to be involved with, first of all, because it fits in the cracks of my life where I need it to since I get to be in charge of the schedule (laughs) and also just what a gift it is to be connected to other moms to hear from guests like you on our show and the wisdom that you have gained through your years of mothering I'd love for you to tell us about your family and the stage of motherhood that you're in right now sure absolutely um I was a high school math teacher in my previous life, and I tell people that I'm on a 17-year mat leave, so unfortunately (laughs) it's not paid, yeah, (laughs) but that's been a transition from from teacher to mama. Um, We had homeschooled a little bit in the early years, and our kids are now in traditional school. Mm-hmm. So we have four boys. Our oldest, Aiden, is 17. Our next guy, Liam, is 15. Um, our third, Rylan, is 13. And we had, uh, after sort of pausing from that crazy, crazy stage of having three under four, we took a nice long break. And mm-hmm. when I turned 40, we had our last little guy who's seven. Awesome. So we parented pretty much every stage in the last five years. Awesome. Well, I am so glad to have you here to share your experience with the mamas in our community. I think many of our listeners have kids under 10 years old, so mm-hmm. I think we're eager to hear about that tween and teen stage of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm stepping into that. My oldest turned 13 this summer and um, just really would love to hear from you on this topic. We're talking about surprises of motherhood. What are some things that surprised you either in the early stages of motherhood or these last few years where you've been? Yeah, sure. You know, I was uh, a really calm person until I have kids. And I know that's not a unique <laughs> statement to make. Yeah. Um, like even as a high school teacher, nothing yeah. really, really phased me. I was really, I just really believed you shouldn't raise your voice. And that if you show respect to teenagers, they'll show respect back. And mm-hmm. um, I really was able to manage my classroom that way. Mm-hmm. And the shock of those early years of just, I, in hindsight, I really do think it was some postpartum, postpartum stuff going on. Yeah. Um, but I didn't flag it because 
it wasn't depression for me. It was more anger and just feeling like all of a sudden I had a fuse that was an inch long. Hmm. And where is this coming from? And so that that was probably the hardest surprise of, yeah. of motherhood was having to navigate that and, and reaching out for help and sort and sorting that out. But um, it it has been a journey and yes. Oh my goodness. Just having, I wish that I had started writing back when the kids were little. Of course I had no time back then. I felt mm-hmm. my mom would say, Oh, you got to write that story down. I'm like, sure, mom. I'll, mm-hmm. I haven't even sat down today. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I lost all that good content back then. But uh, I think the really important lesson that I've learned is that not taking life so seriously. Yeah. Like our, our journey so much more enjoyable and our kids too and Mm -hmm. serious stuff happens right we know that but they they're looking to us in those moments to is it going to be okay are we going to be okay can we get through this and just having that that lightness and Mm -hmm. that sense of humor to carry us through those moments that's that's really why I started my my website was that let's let's try to find the lightness even in in the tough stuff and oh good golly our third in particular yeah and I think that might be a third born thing I'm not sure but Mm -hmm. uh, he uh, just to give you an example when my my husband is a pastor and when they introduced us to not there was a room full of about 40 people including all the staff all mm-hmm. the board members and I was really excited because the three boys just sat there looking quite shy and you probably know it's really nice when kids are shy mm-hmm. you, you figure they're going to be on their best behavior and you're like oh I love this and out of the blue he he was probably four he jumps up runs to the middle of the room and says my name is Rylan and I like to dance naked <laughs> <laughs> Okay, first of all, you don't like to dance naked. That is a lie. I don't know where this came from. Yeah. And my darling husband just looked at me and, and looked at everyone and said, oh, he gets that from his mom. It was, it was bad. <laughs> it was this bad. Oh, so funny. <laughs> so, yeah, he's been our, he's been our, um, our little spunky one. We had, uh, there was another day where I felt like because he was my baby for quite a while, I felt like we had kind of babied him when it came to playing games. Yeah. And so I thought, you know what, I should probably teach him that I'm not going to let him win all the time. Like he's got to experience that a little bit. Yeah. So we had talked it up. I don't even remember what game we played, but we played a game and I said, you know what, honey, like, like sometimes mommy's going to win. Sometimes you're going to win and that's okay. And so I did win. And then we had to quick rush off to an appointment. So I'm trying to buckle the kids all into the van real quick. And our sweet little elderly neighbor comes over and, and looks at Rylan and looks at the other boys and, and Rylan just looks up at him and he said, sometimes my mom beats me. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. We're talking about a board game. (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. It was terrible. So yeah, if you don't have a sense of humor as a mom, um, you will uh, be fully gray. Yes. And uh, just have a frowny wrinkle, right? I I really feel like that is, um, that's, it just can add a lot of life to our, to our homes. But in order to be in that place too, we need to make sure we're getting replenished, right? Yeah. It's not, we don't, we can't just say, okay, today I'm going to take everything in stride. Today I'm going to tell knock-knock jokes, right? Mm. It's just it's just really making sure that we're taking care of ourselves, that we're getting a few little pauses, like you said, even 
doing something like this project for yourself in the crack time. So you forget yeah. you are actually a human being too. You are not simply a mom, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I so appreciate you sharing those stories. It always is funny to hear other people's little memories of quirky, funny things that their kids have done. And I hope that when this series comes together and all the writers who you're going to be sharing on our blog, that we have more of those funny aha moments or, you know, embarrassing little things that our kids have done uh, to share with our kindred mom community. Because it is just one of the parts of motherhood that I savor is the, the funny things my kids have done and how they make me laugh. And I know that for me, I have seen myself change. I've always been a really serious person. So motherhood has kind of helped me unwind and take myself less seriously because Mm -hmm. I see how my children light up when I will be silly or sometimes I I turn into opera mom and I'm just singing through like, please hand me the dishes, (laughs) you know, and they're just like, like you are so weird. And it's the best look on their faces when I am just surprising them, you know? Oh, that's really Well, that just reminded me, my, uh, my boys are always trying to get me to, we call it Toronto talk here in Canada, probably not Uh only in Ontario, but sort of that teenage slang. And uh, you think that it would sort of mortify them if I start talking that way. But sometimes they set me up for it in front of their friends. And I know just, they just want me to, you know, talk like I'm a hipster and, and their friends are like, what? I know she knows all those words. (laughs) They're surprisingly proud. Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, I would love for you to talk about anything that you feel like has been especially or unexpectedly wonderful about motherhood. Hmm. How do you just pick one? eh? You know what I think has been, has been really neat is I grew up, we were four girls in my house and then I went on to have four Mm -hmm. boys. But Mm -hmm. one gift that my parents gave us was um, really valuing each each of our individualities, each of our individual temperaments. And so, you Mm -hmm. know, we'd have friends come over and my mom would pull out the personality book and we'll analyze them. And, you know, now Enneagrams I know are the, are the cool trendy thing, figuring out whose number is what. And Mm -hmm. um, I think what has really been neat as a mom is to see how my kids are, could not be more different in so many ways. And that God has given me this little flock of individual needs, individual, uh, like they, their needs are so different, right? One needs Mm -hmm. me to be fun and spontaneous and one needs me to have a lot of structure. And there are probably times where that feels overwhelming, but it mostly feels really precious when I, when I can have a pace where I can really be in tune with what they need. Um, I've, I've been blessed over the years that, uh, like I said, I've been, I've been out of the teaching profession for a long time and I've had to get really creative just as an entrepreneur and doing tutoring in the evenings and all kinds of things, just so I could have a little bit more margin with my boys as, as much time as I really could. And that's yeah. been pretty neat. And I remember early on when the, the first three boys, my first batch was, uh, when they were really scrapping and, and, kind of it just felt like they weren't connecting and they weren't that Mm -hmm. old so uh I had I had learned if I want to read them something it's best to do it while they're all sitting having a snack at the table that was my best chance of getting some learning in and 
Right. So we set up the snacks and I, I pulled out this book that for me that has, was actually life changing as a mom. And it's a simple book. It's um, by Trenton Smalley. It's called, I don't know if you've heard of it. The first one was called a treasure tree. And the second one Mm. is called two trails, a treasure tree adventure. And it's about four different animals. There's, and it all relates to the different personality types, you know, the, the cleric, sanguine, that, that kind. So each, each of those types is represented in a, in an animal so that kids will understand. So there's a lion and there's an otter, there's a beaver and there's a golden retriever. And as we went through this, we learned that our lion, who is our firstborn, he loves to be in charge. And it's not just instead of framing it like, hey, he's being bossy, he's actually a really great leader. And even under pressure, he can be very decisive. Um, Mm -hmm. We learned, uh, and the boys were learning about each other too, right? And uh, we'd learned that our otter, he makes everything more fun. Like you mentioned, even with your own kids, and he wants to be spontaneous and wants us to be flexible and um, bless our little beaver. He wants to have all the details. He wants to know everything before committing to a plan and he asks a million questions but because of those questions Mm -hmm. we'll remember to bring the water bottles and we'll remember to gps where we're going and so the kids were able to see that just like in the story where the animals needed each other that they were really um able to start see oh oh that's just because he's a beaver right mom that's that's why Mm -hmm. and i don't know that was kind of a neat turning point um in our family that for us as parents and the kids could call us out too. Oh, mom, you're being such a golden retriever. Like don't be worried about whose feelings are going to get hurt. Just make a decision. (laughs) Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And I love what that kind of brings up because there's, I think there's a lot of pressure as moms, especially when you have multiple kids that you want to, you know, treat them fairly Mm -hmm. and, my challenge with my crew is that I have realized that fairness is not actually what I'm after. (laughs) Like not, not in the, not in the perfectly equal, you got three crackers, you Mm -hmm. got three crackers, that sort of thing I can manage because you can count out three crackers. But when it comes to like supporting their interests and their skills Uh and the things that they kind of, they have strengths in certain areas and, you know, my time is limited, my finances are limited. So not everybody can do ballet at the same time. Not everybody can play soccer. Not everybody can do all the same things exactly. But that there is, um, you know, there is a way to find what is equitable, but maybe not exactly the same for each student because of the differences of their personality. So I love what you're saying about that and really seeing our kids individually, even if they are part of our whole family. Um, I think in the early years when it was just a lot of diapers, a lot of toddler tantrums that for me, I just, I kind of did everything in a batch, yes. <laughs> you know, it was kind of batch process. Like, I, I don't know, it was funny because I ha- we used to have this little toy kitchen that we don't have anymore, but um, I used to do bulk cooking days with a friend of mine where she would come over on one Saturday and we would cook like eight right. meals, several trays of each one. And so I would lay out tray after tray and do like four lasagnas in a row. And so when my kids were playing in their play kitchen, they would put out oh. <laughs> like four things in a row and be copying exactly what they saw me doing at the kitchen table, which was so funny to me. Um, That's just an aside. But I just love 
when you can clue in to the personality and the curiosity yeah. and, you know, the just the discoveries that each child is making, I have been myself really deeply impacted by uh, recognizing how different they each are, how beautiful each of their, their dreams and their hearts are, um, and finding a way to clue in to those things. And you know what? I would love to encourage to encourage moms to not fear the teenage years. Um, we yeah. have not, it's not that it's been perfect. In fact, we had a pretty, a pretty big valley, but mm-hmm. you know, God is faithful. And even when I would tell people that I taught high school, they would just be, Oh, I don't know how you did that. Teenagers scare me. And I only like the little mm-hmm. ones. And I, I understand that. I understand how that can feel, but they're just bigger versions of themselves. And there yeah. might be a kind of that, that bumpy, pulling away, prickly package, but it's still, it's still the same little one. Right. And, uh, it, it's been, it's been a real privilege to see, even as we're talking about their individualities, to see the teenage version of that. Like mm-hmm. my, I have a couple real softies and people would come over and they'd say, Oh, you have four boys. I was expecting, you know, your furniture would all be broken or your, your house be screaming <laughs> crazy or, you know, yeah. so we have proven that raising boys does not mean you're raising animals. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm in the middle of helping my parents transition out of their home of 35 years. And mm. uh, I was just a little bit short with one of my boys the other day. And I said, oh, I'm really sorry. It's a little bit stressful. I'm uh, just trying to get some things sorted for Nana and Grandpa. And he just looked up at me and he said, you know what, Mom, I could imagine that would be really hard. Like you've been there all day. And I would imagine that you're actually carrying a lot of their emotion. I'm like, Excuse me, who are you, sweet child? Oh, I, yeah. it, was, it was lovely. And another time, even I had the stomach flu and it was horrible. And I could not get out of the bathtub. And my oldest boy came to me to woke, set an alarm so he would wake up in the middle of the night and bring me a cold cloth. I mean, Emily, mm-hmm. we are doing That's God's so work. Like, yeah. Like these are, and these little moments sometimes where we think, are we ever going to help them move? beyond being self-absorbed, right? It's right. all about me and he got the green cup. And like you said, he's got three crackers. I only have two. And then just patiently, one little, one little lesson, one little moment where we're serving and they're watching and then mm-hmm. we're serving together and then they're serving and we're watching. It's just these little moments that, that really make for a beautiful privilege that's the magic of motherhood, right? That we get to see that, that we get to, we get to be part of it. And then we get to sit back and go like, this is, this is amazing. Yeah. So I just want to encourage moms that, um, you know, as you go through you're you're in your comfort zone, if your kids are little and you're kind of finding your rhythm, but you see the tweens and you see the teens and, um, it, it's going to, it's going to be okay. You know, not, not to parent out of fear because I've, I've done that. Yeah. And it just knots us up and it knots them up. It's like they can feel that we don't trust them or that we're just as terrified as they are. Mm -hmm. So really asking God to please just help us parent out of wisdom and calm and not um, trying to peek around the the, uh, next bend because we just don't know what's there. Such wisdom. And I would love to know if 
anything comes to mind when you think about all the seasons of motherhood that you've been through, if there has been a discovery that you have made either about yourself, about your your children or about God that you just hold on to or come back to again and again, what discoveries have you made in your years of mothering? I think probably one of the first ones would be related to what you were chatting about before, about trying to find their unique mm-hmm. interests. That um, uh, I'll give you, I'll give you an example of that we had really felt like everybody should be in mm-hmm. piano lessons. So we got our first three all lined up into piano lessons. The first two really seemed to take with it. The third did not. And so we're like, okay. So we let him, we let him step away from that. And all of a sudden he hasn't taken lessons for six years. All of a sudden, Emily, this boy is sitting at my piano every spare moment he has. He has taught himself to play mm-hmm. by ear and he just loves it. And I thought, you know what, there's something to be said for perspective. And I know it's hard to have perspective when you're, when you're not a few steps ahead. (laughs) But I think that was what was kind of neat about having our last guys. I felt like, hey, I got a little perspective I can bring to the table now that things that may be originally to me, like, no, you have to play piano, like we could have really, really gone to blows over that, right? But sometimes when we just, again, Mm -hmm. ask for wisdom and we give them different opportunities and then we step back and say, okay, you know what? Like our first, our first child, he plays brilliantly by ear and he has, I would say that being on the worship team Mm -hmm. um, really tethered him to the church in a way that he, he wouldn't have been otherwise. It has been really amazing how God has used that to bring him into a community of worshipers. And, um, and then we just don't know, right. We just, we don't know when we're doing, we're being faithful in little things, what's going to happen. So that I would think is one, one area. And the other encouragement I'd really like to give moms is the hard parts don't last forever. The teething yeah. doesn't last forever. It feels like it. The sleep deprivation doesn't <laughs> last forever. Unless you have seven babies, Emily, then maybe maybe it doesn't. Yes. <laughs> might last forever, but um, it doesn't. It doesn't last forever. That uh, whatever it is, even um, as they get older, even the pulling away doesn't last forever. And my heart is just for parents of tweens and teens. It's kind of strange to be writing about it because I have to. I, I have to write right. while protecting my kids' privacy, but I'm not writing as an expert by any means because I'm still in the trenches. I'm writing to kind of sort sort through mm-hmm. and maybe help help other moms get a little encouragement, even if it's to learn what not to do through my, <laughs> my example, right? I'm oh, open all, to that. We but. all have some of that to contribute. <laughs> Don't do <Yeah>. what I did. <laughs> right. Mm. But just to give you a real practical example, our our middle two guys, Liam and Rylan, they wouldn't mind me sharing this story. They, we used to call them an old married couple. And that was kind of an insult to old married couples because they would just, they would just scrap with each other. They would, you know, they'd push buttons and get on each other's nerves. And anyways, they, they came to us. I felt like we should be past this stage because now they're 15 and 13, right? Come on guys, this is getting old. Come on. I have enough wrinkles Um, already. (laughs) Right? You see that brown line above my nose? That's from you. (laughs) But they came to us in the spring and they said, you know what? 
it's kind of complicated, but um, they were this coming year, they were both going to be in high school, but one had to be in a different school because he didn't stay with French immersion. Mm -hmm. And they said, you know what, mom, we really want to be together. And I just about fell off my chair. I'm like, excuse me, the two of you, (laughs) we really want to be together. And it was actually the older one that was, was pushing for that even more. So I'm like, Oh my goodness, you want your younger brother there? Like that's, it was prof- It was a miracle, is honestly what I'm saying. And um, we just worked it out. Uh, somehow they were they. The principal gave us permission and let uh, let our little guy start in grade nine with his brother. And I have to tell you, they some something has shifted yeah. over the summer. Hmm. Something has shifted. Their relationship is maturing, and it had nothing to do with timeouts and consequences it was just like they needed to mature together and the first day of school our third who also used to be our scatterbrain and you know he would he he would welcome that label he's a <laughs> he's like yeah do you, did you put your shoes on before you walked out the door, honey? Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, all of a sudden he's turned into this responsible child. I'm telling you moms, there is hope. The thing that you yes. think <laughs> never happened for your child, there is hope. He's turned into this responsible child. So first day of school this year, his first day of high school, I come down and it smells like this beautiful egg breakfast. I'm like, Oh my goodness. What? He said, yeah, I made eggs and toast and I was going to bring you breakfast in bed, but I, I ran out of time. And I said, Rylan, you were going to bring me breakfast to bed. And I turned around and it was his brother that was actually behind me. He's like, no, I was going to bring Liam breakfast in bed. I'm like, what? <laughs> what is uh, this? Like, do you have an arrangement? Liam's going to prevent you from getting beat up or something in school. What do yeah. you mean? What is going on here, child? So yeah. uh, I, if they're, uh, that was like a parting of the Red Sea kind of miracle in this household. That oh. Sometimes the kids will surprise you and they will do it on their own. Yeah. My friend even, she her kids were fighting so badly. She said, that's it. Stay in this house until you work it out. She went out to do some gardening. Mm-hmm. And then an hour later and they had talked and cried and worked it through and written this beautiful sibling contract about how their relationship was going to change, including mm-hmm. if anyone ever violated the contract, they had to clean up the dog poop. It, uh-huh. had it was just this thing of beauty. And she's like, Karen, I had nothing to do with that. That was just a God moment that mm-hmm. they had that idea. And it's so much more beautiful when it comes either in spite of us or without yeah. us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like I've, I've kind of worked this through a bit myself because I have boys that really are at each other all the time. Um, and we're still kind of in the, this isn't so fun for mom stage of that. No, <laughs> but I, yet. it's coming. It's coming. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they have a lot of independence and they definitely have times that are good, but yeah. there's just been so much bickering and so yeah. much like kind of jostling for a place and trying to figure out who's going to be the top dog. And it's, you know, when I was 
young, and I have two brothers of my own, um, I remember asking them, why are you guys always fighting with each other? And right. they both look at me and one says, it's just a brother thing. And, and I was what? like, uh, I do not understand this because I I have not had that experience myself. It's so but, annoying. Um, that was the same thing with us. That we, had, we had three boy cousins. Yeah. We're like, why do you guys always like push each other? You can't even walk past each other without a little shove or a little, like, what is wrong with your, your mankind? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's there's there's something in there that I don't know if it's for us to understand. But I guess, you know, when my boys were younger, I really felt like a lot of pressure, a lot of weight that if I did not iron out these Mm. like character qualities or these issues that somehow they were going to end up in prison one day or something like catastrophic that was just not true. And I just... I have learned myself to take each challenge as it comes that we try to talk about the importance of, you know, how we treat other people and it's always addressed. But I just think that moms need to know that they don't necessarily need to extrapolate out the consequences like, oh, my son will one day, you know, fill in the blank um, if I don't get a handle on this because there's a lot that is going on in their hearts and their souls that is you know, not stuff that we can see. And um, now that my oldest son, who is my second born, he's 11 and Mm -hmm. he is blossoming into this very caring, very responsible. uh, It's it's not like he's perfect. He definitely still is kind of the pot stirrer of our family because he wants everyone to do things the right way, which, you know, is his way, of course. Um, And so he's always kind of I feel like he's kind of like a blue healer nipping at everyone's heels. Like, um, but the thing is, is, you know, even though I don't love the delivery, you know, I don't, I would love for him to be more kind and more compassionate, which we're always working on and talking about that. He, he is, like you said, he's a very good leader. He is good at saying this is what needs to happen and how can we all come along in that process. And, um, I no longer think to myself or say to myself, well, you know, he may one day, you know, just have all these problems because of all the problems that we've seen in the past, you know? Um, So I, I feel like what has surprised me about motherhood is that um, we, we really can't necessarily anticipate or fathom the beautiful things that will flower in our kids' lives and their personalities, the things that they will take hold of from the lessons we teach them or the lessons that they learn from other places. And um, I just, I want to be cautious about speaking something into existence that isn't necessarily going to be that way. And um, so we're running out of time, but I want to give you an opportunity to any last wisdom you want to share with our community as well as please, please, please um, tell us where we can find you online. And I'm sure that all the moms who listen here could use a laugh. I love the humor that you write with and um, want them to be able to come and check out your writing. Oh, thank you so much, Emily. I really appreciate that. Um, yes, I write over at lightlyfrayed.com. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I would love to, there's an ebook that I've just finished writing and it's called Navigating mm-hmm. the Road, um, Hope-Filled pa- Tips for Parenting Teens. And I just use that road imagery um, to really carry moms through 
some of the the bends and the detours and how to read the signs and um, I would love to give a copy to your readers if they pop on over to the site and just request that. For sure. Yeah, it has been such a such a pleasure. I'm sure. Well, oh my goodness, with 11 kids between us, I think we could sit and chat all day. Lot, lot, lots of stories. <laughs> yes. Man, I just, I really admire yes. your sweet spirit and being in different communities with you. You are always so encouraging to other writers and to other moms and. Um, you know, I just pray that you have people pouring into you as you're caring for your your big brood. All right. Thank you so much, Karen. And uh, we'll be in touch and I'll put links to all of the things we've talked about, the books that you mentioned, as well as your offer for our listeners um, in the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you.